0: Hi, this is Lori, your host of Happiness Hangout, a space to come and elevate your happiness levels. You, me, and our guests will discuss and help you apply happiness to all aspects of your life, even if you're already happy. Get your daily boost of information to help you feel your best.
1: Well, hello, everybody. This is Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout and I'm um, excited to d- bring back one of our former guests, David Schroeder. Uh, we had been discussing uh, various topics around love and relationships, and and today we are excited to be talking about his book, Just the Love, Messages on a Spiritual and Human Journey. So I want to remind you of who David Schroeder is again. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about him and a little bit about the book, and then uh, we'll get into it. So David Schroeder... Um, LMSW CPC, he's a clinical and spiritual social worker and professional life coach. In his private practice, Transition Pathways, David offers a variety of techniques to assist individuals, couples, and groups in finding healthy pathways to love, higher awareness, and greater potential. He conducts workshops and retreats on topics such as spirituality and self-esteem, the path to conscious relationships, the power of being, men's issues, and more. David is also the author of the book, Just Be Love, Messages on the Spiritual and Human Journey. He also conducts workshops around the book's themes. So let's talk a little bit about what the book is about. So Just Be Love begins with a moving account of a mystical experience David Schroeder had that inspired him to write his book. He explores the many aspects of love from both our human and spiritual perspectives. David reflects on love that is familiar to us, and he takes us to the hidden, mysterious, and paradoxical aspects of where love is often not realized. Just Be Love weaves David's personal and professional experience, reflections, and his insights on love, as well as teachings and wisdom of the spiritual masters and poets of many traditions. His book guides us to contemplate and explore again and again that our purpose, and reason for being is to just be love. David Schroeder, welcome to the Happiness Hangout. So glad to have you.
2: Yes, Lori, glad to be with you again. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm glad we can really devote our, our uh, time together, this time, to talk about the book. Um, I'm very excited to have our listeners hear about it and get them excited about purchasing it and uh, and finding out the amazing wonderful aha moments and experiences they can have from your book. so, so I guess I want I, I, I talked a little bit about you know the book in general and what you have written up on it but but let's get into um, before we get into the book, tell us about how you how you came about writing this book. Where did that all come from? Like, well, you know, I've written a book too, so I know yeah, that yeah. It's, it's an inspirational process. It is a, a it's a journey that you walk through when you write a book, right. and we do it for different reasons. Tell us about your reasons to write the book.
2: Well, I was um, guided to write the book, uh, and it actually started about oh, ten years or so before I actually began writing it. Um, they were two gentlemen I had uh, dinner with, and they were on different occasions at different times, uh, separate occasions with each of these gentlemen. And during the course of our dinner and the conversation, uh, they both, somewhere in the conversation, just stopped, looked at me and said, well, you know you'll be writing a book, don't you? (laughs) And in both instances, I kind of just stopped and kind of, you know, swallowed a little bit and said, who, me? (laughs) And they were deadly, you know, very serious about it, and um, so they kind of planted the seed, and, and time had gone by, and I had actually started writing a book that was originally entitled Something, Someone to Love, Something to Do, and Something to Hope for. In other words, it was about hope, meaning, and purpose, and, and love, and... Uh, then I had this experience with uh, Jesus. There was twice a year I would go to a place in northern Illinois called Christ in the Wilderness, which was a place you'd go in solitude and reflection and all that. And in this one particular fall afternoon, um, all of a sudden I had this experience with the clouds and the sun and Jesus. And at the end of the experience, I heard this voice from the sky that just said, you know, I asked, what do you want me to know? And that voice just said, just be loved. And that became the new title of the book, and it kind of changed the direction of, of how I was writing the book. And then for the next three and a half, four years, I'm getting these messages, different ways and forms. Uh, and so the book ends up being a vignette, a series of vignettes on love from both the human and spiritual uh, domains, if you will. So that's kind of how it came to be.
1: Now, I would imagine that a person who... um, You don't have to be Christian to connect to this book, correct?
2: No. In fact, um, there are several references, which was kind of not my intent. There are several references to the Bible where I use passages... Um, but I give you a little different take on them, a little different perspective. Um, plus, I weave some of the what's been known as the Lost Gospels, uh, the Gospel of Thomas and, and a few others. Um, so it's intended to be a reading for everyone and not to get so turned off by some of the biblical passages, but just realize there could be a different intent behind what was really how it was originally meant. And plus, I weave in Buddhism and Taoism uh, and and other uh, Sufism, uh, so there's a whole host of different traditions I use from around the world and over the centuries.
1: Well, we know interpretation is everything, so the way you interpret something and the way someone else does could be different, but you're you're telling this book and, and your stories... Through the way you're interpreting them, so people obviously everybody does that when they write. So either you connect with it or you don't. So you know it just makes sense. You have to have it come from you, and and that is quite a an amazing. um, These are amazing revelations to have. I mean, it's almost mind blowing because people don't people write books and say it's a spiritual experience, but you literally had one. So that's a that's a really life. Altering event. I would imagine. Yes.
2: Yeah, and there was many times as I was writing, I would get done writing with a, sec- a section of the of a chapter or whatever, and I'd kind of, I kind of stop and say, "Who wrote that?" <laughs> uh, there were many times when it, the information was just kind of flowing through me, and I was just kind of being like the messenger, if you will. Um. <laughs> And one part that's interesting to share is, you know, as you know, uh, it's a struggle to write a book. In fact, you know, many people, we say we want to write a book, but I heard that there was like only 3% of the population actually gets one published. Right. Uh, and And there was a time when I was really struggling with it and kind of just wanted to give up and whatever. I was in the bathroom, Lori. I was getting ready to shave. I had a full lather of shaving cream on my face. And I'm kind of talking in a mirror and all of a sudden I felt this pull and it put me on the, on the, uh, if I had, I ended up on the toilet because if I hadn't sat on the toilet, I would have been on the floor. And now I'm talking to the towel rack and I'm just hearing, you're supposed to write this book, get out of your way. It's okay. Just keep working. Um, and it was incredibly powerful and even though there were times when i kind of wanted to just give up on the process there was a a part of me that just couldn't wouldn't stop and couldn't stop <laughs> and there were outside forces like what happened in the bathroom that that morning that were kind of like you can't you can't quit on this so it was rather very powerful and very uh reinforcing if you will that I was doing what my soul and what uh, the divine had asked me to do.
1: Well, it's very obvious to, to see that no matter what your, your spiritual um, belief system is, that one way or the other, that you had to get that book out of you. There's no, <laughs> there's no denying that. So, so with that being said... You know, we'll get into mm-hmm. the book much more, but what is the, um, I, I can guess this from already writing, from already reading your bio on the book mm-hmm. itself, but what, how, put it in your words, Just Be Love sounds to me like it's the overarching message, but I guess I'd like to hear more about that overarching message to kind of get all of our um, folks in the mindset and the, of the big picture of the book. So tell us yeah. more about, about that.
2: Okay. If you look at it from the human standpoint, uh, many of us, because of things that just happen in our lives, especially in childhood, we begin to forget that we are love, innocence, and goodness. And so a lot of the first part of the book is ways and kind of how we forget we are love. Um, And then more of the second part of the book is ways to begin to remember we are love and goodness and that we come from love and that the book will challenge your current thought system and belief system uh, in a way that, uh, to me, the role of the soul is to expand the mind and open the heart and to allow us to see from a higher and what I would call a higher and wiser perspective. Um, and so the essence of the book is how we forget we are love and more importantly the importance of remembering we are love and that's all we are is just be loved. and, um, and to, to tap into that a higher and wiser part of you as well as the universe
1: well you know I couldn't help but but think about <clears throat> us forgetting. The first thing you said about how in the beginning we forget mm-hmm. about that. And, you know, I, I love to do a lot of sp- reading uh, in a spiritual level. I I do happiness, you know, in relationships, but
2: right. spirituality
1: right. is part of that, and I love doing that. And the part that you say really resonated with me, how we forget and how we, you know, we're on Earth here, and we get caught up. And I think right. a lot of people, and especially when you're talking about relationships and dating and, and whatever it might be, people can get, get caught up in material parts of it. I, I can, too. I mean, I think anybody can. Okay. You can get yeah. caught up yeah. in what's right, you know, how am I going to live day to day. There's so much there. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more of your comments about how we do forget.
2: Well, you know, unfortunately, if you, you know, in childhood, we, we can, we can be abused physically, emotionally, or sexually, uh, we can be abandoned. Uh, naturally we get a, rejected in a, you know, a whole host of different ways. Um, and you know, so we get, we get wounded intentionally or unintentionally by parents, siblings, teachers, grandparents, you know, and part of that is the nature of of human life. Um, And as we get wounded, we begin to develop a belief system that I'm not lovable. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Um, And so we begin to take on this false belief that we're not love and we're not worthy. And so that becomes the forgetting. And then we, we begin to lose our spirit, if you will, and our potential and confidence of uh, engaging in life, be it in relationships and work um, and just, you know, having the potential to go after something, a goal or something that seems kind of far-fetched. Um, and so and, and I call it spiritual amnesia. In other words, a, a part of the soul is willing to take on this forgetfulness and to experience what it has chosen to experience in terms of a sole agreement or a contract, um, and in those experiences, then, as we've learned to forget we are love, the other part of the journey then is to begin to do things that help us begin to remember, and to come come back to the real belief that I am worthy, I am innocent, I am love. Um, and so it requires, you know, me to do my own inner work. Uh, nobody can really do that for me. Um, and that, that's part of where, you know, the happiness in terms of a relationship, a relationship in and of itself won't make me happy if I'm not happy with myself. And if I make that other person responsible for my happiness, that's just going to cause a lot more heartache and... <laughs> conflict and all that. Um, Boy, you are so, so right you know, on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I see it, you know, in my profession as a, as a therapist, I, you know, I see it every day. Um, and I tell people, you know, as they tell their story of how they've learned to be how they are in their behaviors and their belief system, given what I might have experienced as a child, it makes perfect sense why you would not love yourself or see yourself unworthy and, and all that. Um and then the key is is to undo that programming and that conditioning in order to find that higher truth. Um, and that's what we're all embarking on is to find that higher truth um, and that's what the soul wants us to do on this in this through these human experiences. Um, and the more people do that, you know they they, they discover what they forgot. And 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 then they kind of come back to life again, if you will.
1: hmm it, it it just reminds me of uh, I was reading Destiny of Soul, and um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> eye-opening as well. And and um, it really makes me remember. People always used to say, um, "You you really can't truly love someone else till you love yourself." And, and right. that you can't. You really have to depend on you. And I never understood what those meant, and I got frustrated by those statements when I was younger yep. because nobody explained to me what that really meant. I have to love me first. How am I supposed to do that? What do you mean? And I have discovered it for myself, and I make it my business, if people want to mm-hmm. hear it, to, to try yep. to explain what that means from my perspective. And right. what you said, um, I, I personally resonate with um, because while we're here, why, what other reason would we be here on a spiritual level if we weren't trying to um, find that pureness of love um, here? While we're here in this place that isn't easy to do, this, this what appears to be randomness, because everybody's just doing what they're doing, everyone has their own priorities, we have good things, bad things, and mediocre things that happen... It's really how you deal with it. I always tell everybody I see, I always say something like, you're human. You're supposed to be flawed. So give yourself a break. And then if you you can accept that you're supposed to be flawed, and I say in relationships, if you can accept that chemistry is chemistry, and sometimes people aren't going to have it with you, and it really hurts. But I make it my business to tell people that because I have so many heartbroken people, David, who, who mm-hmm. what did I do wrong? What is wrong with me? Sure, maybe you do have flaws. Maybe you have some things you can work on and should work on. And, and, and that's okay. We're okay to acknowledge that and work on it. At the same time, sometimes no matter what you do, you can be the best person that you can be. There just isn't chemistry. So we can just understand that love is love and we can love on different levels, but it's not Mm -hmm. always romantic. That's just the way it goes.
2: (laughs) Well, and if I can piggyback on that. Number one, the ultimate of love is freedom. Divine love is freedom. Okay, the divine loves us so much that we have this thing called free will. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. So, ultimately, in a relationship, a relationship should entail an element of, of love and freedom, the weaving in and out of love and freedom, okay? And if you don't feel free in a relationship, it's not love. And if that loving isn't an element of freedom, um, and if I can't, I can't give you love without, you know, a lot of uh, conditions and all that, then it's not really real love. The other thing that's really radical, believe it or not, it's not love that hurts. So it's not really the the breakup of a love that hurts, Mm -hmm. because love in and of itself can't hurt. What hurts is the expectations, the beliefs, the judgments, the opinions. Those are the things that hurt us. And when people can really digest that and accept that, um, it helps us move through hardships a lot easier. Be it relationships or outright, you know, a death of a, a loved one or whatever. Um, when we can get to that acceptance that it's, it hurts me because it it didn't work out the way I thought it should. And once I can let go of that expectation and accept the reality of, you know, it is what it is, then I can flow through the experience a lot more, with a lot more grace and ease, if you will. But because people are, you know, we're either punishing ourselves or we're punishing the other person so much, and we want it to be a certain way, and it isn't, and that's so that resistance is what causes a lot of pain and grief for people.
1: Well, that's true. I mean when you when you put it like that, and first of all, when you talk about freedom and free will, mm-hmm. how would we ever grow without free will? How would we be yes. able to go as high as we need to as we can go without it? So that makes right. it makes sense right. to me. And I, I know with with a lot of spirituality, you know, as human beings we try to make sense of something in a human way, it's the best right. we can do. And, and I'm not sure – well, my personal belief is we're going to rationalize it and figure out the best way we can so we can mm-hmm. hopefully keep moving forward to getting to where we want to be. But I also right. believe that that when push comes to shove and when we – not to go too much into crossing over, but when we do, I, I believe that it it's not really – uh, of an understanding in human terms, but but we do have the capacity to be able to make sense of it in our own human ways, so we can keep growing. We have to be really? able to do that. So you know, and it's, so it is easy for you and I to sit and say, and you're right. It, love is pure love, and it, it is the expectations we set. We do get hurt, and mm-hmm. because you know you're you're with somebody, you feel that love. And then if that person feels pulls away for whatever reason, all these things come into your head and then, you know, your self-esteem takes a hit, you're in pain, you can feel it physically and mentally in in every part of your being. And it is is one of the worst feelings, you know, in the world. So I think the more we, we grow into personally having more faith in ourselves, And that love is always out there for us, no matter what. It may not be with that person. It 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 may mean that our love to ourselves has to fill Mm -hmm. us up right now, until we, you know, and and then we can even be better for someone else. It's hard. I know it's hard to do to listeners. I acknowledge, and I think I assume you would too. It can be tough, but the more you fill yourself up with that love, the more you have an opportunity to bring another other people in. To share
2: with it. And there are parts in the book where I reveal myself. And much of what I'm giving you has been from my own pains, my own loss, my own uh, struggle with understanding and whatever. And because if people buy into the fact that we're spiritual beings or a soul having this human experience... The, the most important thing to try to remember along the way is that we everything's happening on a spiritual or a soul level and that we're just experiencing it in this physical level or human level. Um, and the, the key for all of us is through our experiences to over time begin to, to try to entertain it uh, and what I tell people is when you can start to consider possibilities above and beyond what you've made true, that's how you're going to be able to change and grow and really learn what the experience was, was all about. And, and that's a real uh, eye-opener for a lot of people when they can begin to entertain a different possibility above and beyond what they've initially made true, if you will. And that's ultimately what love is all about is to, to all our experiences, it's asking us to, to see things from a, from a different vantage point, if you will.
1: Well, and you know, it's kind of like when you think about relationships and someone might say to you, what did you learn from it? Right. Um, you're either able to, you may say, I, I can't even go there. Right. Uh, and you also might say, "Well, I learned this, this, and this, so you could be better in another one. That's, that's kind of something you know, kind of simple to do, but it can go to a deeper level. when you really start to think about some past relationships, and you think, well, first of all, I wasn't where I am today. And uh, that's just how it is. And, and second the second thing is sometimes you learn things in a relationship that ends that were so powerful in your life, It wasn't just about Mm -hmm. being with that person. It's other big things that you learned about yourself, about what you want out of life, about uh, bigger issues in life, you you know, wonderful experiences, even bad experiences that made you become a better person. And a lot of times we want to get so stuck in the, oh, my gosh, they broke up with me, versus, hello, can can, can, can you come to some resolution that maybe this person is in your life so you can take it to the next level and keep growing and growing and growing. That's That's where I think real self-growth comes from.
2: Yeah. And for me, the true purpose of relationship is to learn about yourself within the context of being with that other person. Because it's in in relationships that our stuff is going to come up and out. You know? Our, our right. wounds, our, our beliefs, our triggers, um, our faults, our weaknesses. And so it's in the context of that relationship that they're, it's coming up and out so that we resolve it within ourselves. Uh, but the tragedy is, since you brought it up in me, well, I want to make you responsible for fixing it then. Yeah. When, it, when in fact, it's my wound, it's my belief, you know, it's my trigger, it's my past, uh, it's my, you know, and when people can really uh, begin to entertain that, that 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 this issue came up for you to reconcile it and to come to a a, a more resolution with it for yourself, um, and. There's three things that people do that cause us not to change. We either blame, rationalize, or justify, or a combination of. And once we can move away from any one of those three, uh, now you're returning to love, not so much being in fear and and blame and all that of yourself or somebody else. Yeah.
1: Well, and you know when you when you talk about some of the things that people bring out, you know, and I know we're not trying to say if someone's physically abused, it's the other, it's the mm-hmm. person that that didn't do it. We're not blaming them. But right. the thing is, you know, there are people out there who might run into someone who's physically abusive and and they get out right away like that. Oops, you know, I went off track somewhere. I'm gone. There are other people who don't leave for a while for various reasons, which you and I both know right. and can have right. to do with, it can have to do with finances and self love and and the way they grew up and so many other things, um, right. and it's a hard lesson and a hard route to have to take. And we're not taking the blame away from the person doing it. But if you, I, I I'm, I'm going to have you finish this. But I believe if we really do move to love, you really have to move to self love there. And you, it is a huge opportunity. As hard and awful as it must be, to to grow exponentially, to, to to move away from that, I would imagine. Yeah,
2: if to be able to to say no to someone in a relationship that's that's abusing me or just being real controlling or whatever manipulative. To overcome that fear of being alone, that fear of how am I going to make it on my own, so on and so forth, and to rise above that and to say, I I can't and I won't be in a relationship like this anymore, is one of the ultimate ways of expressing self-love. And that person, as much as they've, and when I say this, I'm not excusing them or defending them, but in that that abusive relationship you might have been in, uh, they were doing you a favor on the level of soul because um, it taught you to stand up for yourself and to love yourself enough to get out of something that's, that's not healthy. So within the tragedy and the struggle of it all and the unfairness of it all, that person actually offers me the gift of loving myself enough to get out of something that's un- that's very unloving and uncaring and unhealthy, mm-hmm. and it's a struggle for a lot of people to to get to that point. But when they do, it's you know it's incredibly even more liberating um, because they realize, wow, I really you know I broke the pattern, I broke the cycle, I stood up for me, and I'm making it, you know it's a struggle maybe but i'm 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 making it work for myself and and that's the key and to realize how resilient and uh how much potential we do have when we can overcome that fear and that that internal struggle of moving out of a relationship that's unhealthy
1: you know and if people actually are in those situations and they move towards love what you're saying is i'm I, i'm moving towards i'm thank you you know I'm moving away from this, you know, in a way that says, you know, you have to go find your way, um, I'm going to find mine, and I'm moving towards more love instead of hate because it's easy to go right. the opposite way when that happens to right. you, when you get caught up in right. um, in other things besides love. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But if yeah. you move towards love, then then you can say, okay, you know, I had to learn a very serious, harsh lesson about myself in the one of the toughest ways possible. And I mm-hmm. have, so I'm going to let that all go and move on. That, that lesson has been learned. And so I move away from that and I move towards, you know, the loving relationships and loving me or whatever that might be. And I understand right. that's not easy, but, you know, I, I've, I'm a dating coach, um, David, and I have clients who... You know, say they date the same guy over and over and over again, um, mm-hmm. and it ha- it is not always as, as challenging as physical abuse, but they ke- it's not working. I mean, the relationships aren't working. They keep breaking up, breaking up, breaking up, until you have right. to almost be hit in the head with something, whether it be going through therapy, coaching, reading books, self-discovery, whatever it is, where they right. finally say, oh, my goodness, oh, I'm just dating Johnny over and over and over again. Here's the issue. Now I can move past it. And I did a lot of that before, you know, I met the person that I, I married because I got right. married so late in life um, mm-hmm. because I did that as well. So um, sometimes it takes time <laughs> to date the oh, yeah. person over and over to see the pattern. And so, uh, right. you know, I think what you're saying, too, is when you when you continually move towards love, what I get out of this is when you continually move towards love, you're, you can even be more gentler with yourself in moving and allowing yourself to go to what really works for you.
2: Right. The two, the two biggest fears in relationship, is the fear of being alone and the fear of being smothered.
0: Hmm.
2: Most people will stay in unhealthy relationships due to the fear of being alone. Most people will get out sooner of a smothering relationship. Um And, you know, one of the things is there's only two human emotions, love or fear. And so all of our belief system and our choices are driven by either love or fear. And when you continue to do things out of fear, you will continue to get the pattern. It will continue to repeat itself because the universe wants you to get to the other side of it. So you keep having these unhealthy experiences in order for you, like you said, that one woman, you know, eventually she had the aha that it's me. (laughs) And once she started, you know, yeah. yeah, Once you started to tune into that and take responsibility of it without the shame and the blame and all that, you know, we turn our lives around because now we're going from the energy of love rather than fear and fear does not really exist. It's an an, an illusion that the ego, our wound itself, creates. The only thing that's really real is love. Um, And when you do things more out of love rather than fear, um, not to say that it's going to be easy, uh, but you'll probably have a much more beneficial outcome because life isn't meant to be easy. It's meant to be meaningful. (laughs) And many people That's want take the thing to to say.
1: In. I think we should repeat that. Life yeah. isn't meant to be easy. Life is, it's meant to be life
2: is not meant to be easy. It's meant to be meaningful.
1: Hear and, that everybody uh, because of, you're never yeah. gonna have it easy. Everybody has challenges right. and great things. Right. Yeah.
2: But many people, you know, out of fear and discomfort or whatever, we want to take the quick and easy way out, which ends up often causing us a lot more headaches and heartaches, uh, well, when you really come to the to the higher meaning of things, then you're, you're, you're more open to recognize the patterns and the belief systems that are causing you, you know, the choices you're making.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to let our listeners know we're talking to David Schroeder about his book, just Beloved, Messages on a Spiritual and Human Journey. And, David, while we're in the middle of all this, tell us where we can get your book.
2: Yeah, there's uh, three places. Uh, it was actually, it was published by Balboa Press. So one way you could order it is through balboapress.com. Uh, it's also available on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Um, and if you'd like an autographed copy... If people would go to my website, www.transitionpathways.com, and uh you just send me a a note saying you'd want to order the book, and, uh, and send me your address and you know uh, the payment for it, and I would be happy to mail it uh, an autographed copy to to people. So those are the ways what? they could.
1: Wonderful. Sure. So, you know, we've been talking about the book the whole time through through the line of questioning here that we have. So, hopefully, people are, are seeing a glimpse of, of, the depth they can get in the book. But let's go back to uh, I want to go back to a real book question. What, what does it mean mm-hmm. when you talk about being a S-T-A-R or a star?
2: A star. Yes. It was a concept. If you think of the acronym STAR, so the S is surrender. And surrender, in this point, is more of a spiritual surrender. It's about letting go of our ego will and ways and yielding more to the divine or our higher will and way. And in this, in this surrender, it's about focusing on what I'm going to gain by letting go, not so much what I'm going to have to lose or give up. So the first part is surrender. The T is about trust. And trust is about uh, the openness and willingness to have more of a sense of faith and hope in in the unseen and the kind of the unknown in the moment. Um, and so, just trusting that the universe has my back and has my best interest in mind. And my role is just to kind of go with that and. Uh, believe that everything will work out in the long run, even though initially it seems unnerving and uncertain and and all that. And in terms of relationship, trust is the foundation of any relationship. And in that Mm -hmm. trust, it requires me to be vulnerable. So as I surrender um, to the higher will and then I begin to trust, and I'm, I'm okay with that vulnerability, knowing it will all work out. Um, mm-hmm. And then from that trust, can I allow? Um, can I just go with the flow? Can I say yes to life and where it's taking me right now, even though it might be uncertain and uncomfortable? Um, and can I stand like a mountain? There's a metaphor I use. Can I stand like a mountain? Can I be strong and confident? And can I flow like water? So can I flow and adapt to what's changing and what's uncertain right now? And so the key is with the allowing, I go with that flow, but I'm still strong and confident within it all, if that makes sense. And then when I allow, so when I surrender, I trust, and I allow, then in time I'll receive what's truly intended for me to receive. And then I have to be open to what I receive, because it might not be exactly what, I, uh, what I'm asking for, but it might be exactly what I need, especially on the spiritual level. So in many things in life, I found a lot of value of, of just practicing being a star, to surrender, to trust, to allow so that I can receive more fully.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Especially when it comes do, to love,
1: like, yeah. And how do we get Go ourselves ahead. in position to um, to start using this? In other words, we have to the awareness. You talked about the a, you know, being being aware too, as well. D,
2: um,
1: right. yeah, I guess in Star, it's allow, but but how do you get in position to start doing all of this?
2: Okay. Number one is to begin to appreciate life and yourself in it and appreciate people in your life and to also um, begin to have the mindset that the more I accept how things are, the more that allows me... To surrender to what is and to trust what is, because acceptance—what I accept—I conquer and I begin to overcome and move forward from. What I resist will continue to persist and kind of bog me down. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it, you know, and that's like with the serenity prayer—you know, accept the things I can—I cannot change, and change the things I can. And the only thing in life. I can really change is myself, my thoughts, my perception, my attitude, my behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's... And life is teaching us to be a star. It's giving us all those opportunities to surrender and to trust and to allow and to receive. It's not really intended for us to resist and get all bogged down and... (laughs) angry and resentful and, and all that.
1: And in terms of where we can find love, I think sometimes I'd like you to speak to this because I know how I do it, but like love is everywhere. <laughs> can, can you kind okay. of make our our listeners a little more conscious of, of like ways to open up to that, or where where you can find it, or in terms of like unique yeah. ways to let it out there or bring it to okay. you.
2: Yeah, one of the most powerful ways to find love is to hang around with children yeah. uh, because they are very childlike and they most of them, especially the younger children, still have their innocence and. uh And they're still very, what I would call, childlike rather than childish. So hanging around with children, honoring their innocence, their candidness, their uh, honesty, (laughs) and their playfulness. Um, The way they laugh, the way they smile, their imagination. Uh, So that in itself is love. Another powerful way to experience love is in nature, because nature is always showing us how much the divine loves us. Beautiful sunrises, sunsets, snowfalls. Um, you know, when you see the sunlight or the moonlight shine on a, on a freshly fallen snow and it kind of looks like diamonds or jewels on the snow. To me, that's love. Um and so uh, you look at water and how it flows, how it works its way through the struggles and the obstacles of life. That's showing you love, and the beauty of a of a mountain. Um, and love is when somebody you know does a random act of kindness. They open the door for you, or they offer to the, offer to carry a bag to the, to your car, things like that. Somebody picks up a piece of paper. A piece of litter on the ground and throws it in the trash or recycles those are all profound acts of of love and so and the, the key is is just to be perceptive um and allow yourself to take it in and see it as an expression of of divine love of human love um of nature's love And the more you are curious about it, the more you are open to those experiences, uh, the more you will appreciate them and the more they will really, you know, open your heart and your spirit uh, much more deeply. And the thing about appreciation and gratitude, the more you appreciate and have gratitude for things, the more that expands your awareness, and the more you have expanded awareness, the greater appreciation and gratitude you have for your for your life and people in it, and the, the things you do have in life. So, and those are some of the things. The chapters I take you to a sunrise or a sunset. I take you to a snowfall. Um, I take you to uh, standing in a in a in a in a rainstorm, if you will. Um, and so I take you to different aspects where love is found and I kind of write what I'm seeing and experiencing and just kind of, you know, can you allow yourself to kind of go with me and just allow yourself to get into, not that you will experience it exactly as I will, uh, but can you have a taste of it, of what I'm offering you, so.
1: And you can make your own because oh, yeah, you're going to so. have your yeah. own experiences, but they yeah. can People reading your book and really bounce off what they're yep. seeing because it's, it's really becoming, it's the awareness. It's all these things are happening around you, but it's what you pay attention to and where your perceptions are. And if, you know, you focus them that way, you you said it so perfectly, by the way, thank you for explaining it um, in such a wonderful and eloquent way. Uh is that it is all around all the time. You just have to be aware of it and make it conscious to yourself. And then I find that more of it is coming my way because I'm noticing it. And yeah. so, and I you keep note what you notice, you know, comes back at you. So there it is, you know, constantly happening. And when you're in that mindset, i think life goes life becomes better and it's not that you don't have challenges it you know this is this is the human experience and what it's supposed to be it's just i feel like a lot of times those challenges are lighter or they can be dealt with in a in a more healthy way a more calming way um and so the fact that your book through its chapters helps people open up to all those different kinds of love and realizing that love takes on so many forms. I mean, that's that's really the magic, I think, in the book.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, a definition I really came to appreciate is love is the unconditional uh, acceptance of the spirit of all that exists. So love is actually everywhere. And mm-hmm. when you connect to the spirit of it, you see how it it is all around, and you said it well. You know, because the more you see it, the more you will attract it. So, um, you know, the law of attraction, in a simplified way, is what I think about. I bring about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, the more I think about love and being in the the mindset and the perspective of appreciation and gratitude and compassion, uh, the more I'm going to attract those elements in my life. And the more I'll have experiences that will give me opportunities to practice those attributes of acceptance and compassion and care and gratitude and appreciation.
1: It just goes in one big circle. I mean, the more you do it, the more it just keeps... (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: And and that's, I think, how we keep our calmness, In this world of of everybody else has all their priorities and things going on, we have to have ours too and really stick with it. And, you know, then I think you're, you know, you're really on your way to having, I think, the best experience you can because I really believe spiritually we're supposed to find this. I mean, we're supposed to get there. Uh, There wouldn't be any other reason to be here unless one believes that, and there are people who believe that the more they're they're tortured or allow themselves to be, you know, there's a place for them on the other side that's higher. But right. um, that's not what I believe, but I, I really believe any loving spiritual situation, it's about getting... Life is hard enough. It's about getting through all of it in a way that you can really grow right. and come out of right. the other side of it.
2: Yeah. And I... The... Um you know, if you, if you think of all that our experiences are happening on that spiritual level, and it's happening to, to return us to love. Um, so, yeah, that's the important quality to just hang with and to know that um, you always have a choice of how you move through things. And we're all, once you can accept that we're all at different levels of consciousness and awareness, and so I do what I do, I love as I, I know how to love in both the giving and the receiving. And until I change that consciousness or, or that level of awareness, I will continue to do what I do. Uh, but right. it's important for people to realize we always have to be um, realizing that there's, there's more to know. And there you can, in other words, I tell people, uh, I'll never quite get it. I'm always in process. (laughs) So, yeah, even though I've written a book and I, you know, I I help a lot of people, but I'm still working it myself. I'm not done yet, you know. And Well, there's always more to learn. There
1: will always be more to learn. And it doesn't
2: mean I'm bad or I'm failing. Yeah, it just means, you know, it's it's a process, so it kind of never ends. And when you can be okay with that and not punish yourself, uh, you're more open to that learning and that growth and those challenges. And you don't see them so as, as so fearful or, you know, kind of go into that victim energy or, you know, why me or for me? You more embrace it and, uh, kind of honor the, the challenge knowing that I'll be stronger and wiser and more loving because of it.
1: Well, you know, David, I do want to um, to wrap up by asking you just a little bit more um, so people understand. <clears throat> in the book, you talk about yes. doing shadow work. Tell us more about yes. what shadow work is and what it will do for us.
2: Yeah. Uh, the term shadow was coined by uh, Carl Jung back in the early 50s. Uh, he was uh, a protege of Sigmund Freud, so he was a
1: mm-hmm.
2: psychologist, yeah. And basically, the shadow is the things we've denied, repressed, avoid, or project onto someone or something else. So the shadow of us is very unconscious or subconscious. In other words, we're, we're often very unaware of it. Um, and the shadow happens when somebody does something or says something to us, and we kind of lose ourselves for a period of time. And so we kind of go asleep or unconscious. And so we might say or do something that's kind of out of our norm. And we kind of go back into what I call the lost child or the wounded child. Um, And often those choices and behaviors we make through the shadow are very unhealthy and they often cause us a lot more pain and heartache. than. uh, So they're more destructive than constructive. And so shadow work is going into what i call those lost parts of us those wounded parts of us so the, the part of us that doesn't feel unloved or unworthy or not enough or rejected or abandoned and we want to connect with those parts in order to begin to reconcile what's driving their bus in terms of their belief system and and how they've learned to operate um, because they're no longer useful for us in our especially in our adult world um, and so it's not about repressing them anymore or denying them. It's about giving them a voice and honoring their story and learning from it, and more importantly, than showing them a new way, a better way, a more loving way, because they're often coming from fear uh, and abandonment and rejection and all that. And so we want to teach them love, including that they are worthy, they are goodness, Jesus had a parable, he said, that which you go into will free you, that which you resist will destroy you, and he was referring to those lost parts of us. Mm -hmm. He was very emphatic on doing the inner work, Um, and when he said, I believe in that passage where he said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When we go into that, those lost parts and we go into that grief and that mourning, that pain, and we begin to truly understand it and work with it with the willingness to transform it, so we go from that, that mourning, from that grief, due time, we find the comfort. We find the new way, the better way, the transforming way. And so shallow work is truly doing our own inner work and it helps to have a guide or a therapist or a coach to do it um, for support and tools and things like that. It's not Mm -hmm. that you do it totally alone, but, you know, um, and that's the essence of the shadow. And I believe, Mm -hmm. especially now, especially in this country, on a a political level and a, a society level, our current president was elected to expose the shadow not only in himself but as, as a collective as well of all of us because a lot of stuff now is coming up and out <laughs> like never before for us to look at individually and collectively in order to get to that higher dimension of love and goodness and truly make heaven on earth, if you will.
1: And, you know, people always, when people come into our lives, they do have there is something there to, that we're supposed to understand or that we can use in our life yeah. no matter how. Sometimes, yeah. it, like you said, it can come at us in ways that we don't expect or maybe even uh, we don't want, but <clears throat> yeah. you still have to take that experience. And and you're right, When you re- there's a point in life where you keep resisting, oftentimes, not for everybody, it does come to a, a peak. It it does right. get it just comes right above the surface, as Freud would say. We want to get it right, right. above the surface into the consciousness right. where you can deal with it. Um, but right. sometimes it takes time in life, and you know I right. I would tell people that you know the the people that you're running into that are making an impact on you, on you, whatever way it is, what you're reading, who you're learning from, what you're everything in the world is is there to you know help bring you forward. Um, but you have to see it. So, uh, right. David Schroeder, this has been um, just a very beautiful interview. Um, I think that you have your book, Just Be Love, Messages on a Spiritual and Human Journey, really am, can be a gift for people if they, you know, um, are ready and willing, you know, to, to yes. kind of move forward with their life. And, and just one more time, uh, before as we're wrapping up here, tell us how uh, we can get the book.
2: Yeah, and if I may, real quick, before I put that out there again, the book, um, it's one that you have to ponder. In other words, it's not a book to read, you know, cover to cover in one setting. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. pick it up, you read a little bit, it takes you places, you put it down, you reflect, you just kind of let it simmer for a while, and then you pick it back up, okay? And people often tell me, no matter where, what page I turn to, it speaks to me at that particular time. Mm-hmm. So um, I tell people take take your time with it, be light, you know, with it. Let it let it take you where it needs to take you, but don't give up on it. Um, and it's pretty amazing how some of the responses that people have had. And read it more. I encourage people to read it more from their heart rather than just their intellect. Um, because it impacts you in a much different way if you can read it much more from your heart, not so much your, your mind, your, your ego mind especially. Right. Um, so in terms of ordering, uh, yes, three places, um, through BalboaPress.com, which is the publisher of the book. Um, you can go on my website if you would like an autographed copy. Uh, transitionpathways.com and it's also available in the online bookstores of uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble.
1: Well, thank you so much, David Schroeder. Um, Don't forget to get his book, Just Be Loved, Messages on a Spiritual and Human Journey. And thanks, uh, David Schroeder, for spending some time with us. And I look forward to uh, continuing the reading of your book.
2: Thank you, Lori. It was a wonderful interview, and all the best to you.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Take care, everybody. Just be love.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Hi, this is your host, Lori. Want to get more happiness? Check out all the free readings, activities, and my blog at my website. Want to learn how to deal with life's challenges from your positive core? Check out Empowering Yourself to Happiness class, done totally online you can find it all at www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net come explore and feel better wherever you are This is Lori Peters with the Happiness Hangout. I provide presentations on happiness and well-being to businesses, schools, and anyone involved in wellness and professional days. Check out tons of free resources and activities also at my website, www.happinesshangout.net. Feel better wherever you are. Help us grow the Happiness Hangout Show. Become a sponsor. Businesses and nonprofits get your info out there to thousands of my listeners all over the world for just pennies. Individuals can also sponsor one or more shows, and you get a shout-out to your favorite charity. Several packages available. Come see what you get and put out there what's important to you. Go to www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net for more information.